Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. My name's Chandra. If this is your first time listening, then hello. If you are a regular listener, then a super hello and welcome to you. Now, today's episode is going to be a bit different because recently I was asked by a friend and professional colleague of mine, Caroline de Kemp, to do a couple of LinkedIn live interviews with her about different topics around career change. And so I decided that I wanted to share one of them here as a podcast episode. And this topic was actually about the impact that money has on people's decision and approach to making career change. And as you know, that's something that I talk about a lot. I encourage a lot because I want the world to be filled with people that are doing work that they love. And so what I know and what I have noticed is that for a lot of people, even though they might want or need to make a career change for their own health and happiness, for a lot of people, money and money issues, money concerns, money situation is something that holds them back from making a change that they might otherwise want to make. And I'm not denying that money is a factor. It totally is. And I also want to highlight how you can put things in place to not make it the excuse for never making a change that you might want to make in the sort of life that you want to create with the work that you do. So have a listen and I hope you get a couple of insights and ideas of how you can eliminate money as the excuse for you not making a start on making the career change that you want to make in 2020. So with that said, let's listen to that interview. All right, welcome to today's show. So it's Caroline and Chandra and today's topic is going to be about the impact money has if you want to do a job or career change. Now, if you don't know us, this is Chandra. Chandra, if you can hello. just like introduce yourself. <laughs> yes, hello. Thanks, Caroline. Nice to see you again today. Uh, my name's Chandra and I am a coach, facilitator and speaker. And I work mainly with women in leadership roles who are unhappy or unfulfilled in what they're doing for work and they want to make a change to their career. And I help them do that through private coaching and my online group program called CEOU, Be Your Own Boss in the Business of Your Life. Perfect. So, and for those who don't know me, who I doesn't help, know you? Come on. I know. <laughs> I help senior professionals uh, land their next six-figure leadership role. So, if you are in corporate and want to make a move to the next next level, but struggling to stand out, get interviews, and ultimately land your next leadership role, then uh, definitely I can help you through my private coaching practice and um, through my career success programs. So. With that said, let's dive into today's topic. 
So one interesting thing, Chandra, that I want to um, start off with is what is for you the difference between career and job? Ooh. Because we're talking about career and jobs change. So what is the difference for you? Yeah, it's such a good question. I think in my mind, I think that you can have a job change, which may be the function that um, you do. So maybe you start in a role and even if I think back to my early days, I um, started as a marketing coordinator and then I had a job change where I became a marketing manager and then a marketing director. They're what I regard as a job change. So that was within the same industry and um, for one chunk of it was within the same organisation and then it was changing. So still in the same industry but going to work with a different brand. So that's what I think a job change is. It might be the title or uh, function and responsibility but it's still within same industry largely um, but still doing pretty much a similar kind of um, tasks and role but maybe with more responsibility. A career change in my mind is where you would actually go from one industry and that might be the medical industry or the media industry or uh, whatever it is and you go and really kind of tangent into something different and that's where you would transfer your existing skills and experience over and use it in a different way. Um, mm. One example is on my podcast uh, I've done a, a series of interviews with women that have done significant career change one example was someone who used to be a vet, Belinda, and she did that and was very successful for quite a long time. But then she got to a point where for lifestyle reasons and a whole lot of reasons, she was wanting to make a change. And so she pivoted and created her own line of nutritional supplements for triathletes. So she works for wow. herself. And that to me, that is like, that's a career <laughs> shift, right? Yes. Uh, another, another one I did recently was with um, Liz, who was a lawyer. And very good, going really well. She had a family practice. But then she pivoted and made a, a career change. We, she opened uh, a co-working space in Bondi Junction in Sydney. And she also has another business, which is a, an online learning platform. So that's yes. career change. Yes. Yes. I, I, I tend to agree with all of that. Um, and for me, like, it, a jobs change can even be, it can be in different industries, uh, but it's more like in line with uh, the job that you have built and then career change is more like uh, going from being in corporate to being an entrepreneur or being in yoga, a yoga teacher, where you definitely uh, transfer and, and change the whole foundation, actually, of your uh, career DNA. Um, what I also say is for me, your career is holistic. It's like all mm -hmm. the years you have. So you can talk about, okay, the 15, 20 years experience I have through my career, you can have done so many different things. So you can actually have made career changes within your career because that is the overarching uh, umbrella, basically, yeah. rather than a job. And the, the reason I think it's really different to differentiate is um, when I start with my, my clients and when they sign, sign up for the Career Success Program, the first thing they need to do is fill in uh, a self-assessment um, and send that back to me and we work through that. And that is job reflection and career reflection. And uh -huh. some people struggle to see what, what's, that, what's the difference. So that's mm -hmm. why I wanted to start off like really making that clear that oh, such um, a good point we're going yeah. to address and that. even um I love the fact that there's that language distinction around 
and I don't know whether it's a verb or a noun or whatever, but, you know, the, how you can interpret or the definition of career, uh, meaning like the holistic, the whole journey, as well as potentially a snapshot of what you're doing now. Yes, yeah. exactly. So yeah. um, so that is important. So we're, talking, we're going to link that with, with, of course, money and the cost of changing jobs and, mm -hmm. and uh, changing careers. And the reason I think this is so important is because or you don't think about the cost and you end up being very surprised yes. or you just like think it's a massive cost and you just never take action. Yes. Yeah. And neither of those are great, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. what's your advice? How, how to start? Uh, well, um, without going back over, you know, the things that we've covered in some of the other videos, I think it's one of those things that the money thing, the money question, the money issue is a common one that I hear from people who potentially have something else they might like to do one day or they're jack of their job now or their boss or whatever, uh, but they are not making a move now because they've just, as you've said, decided that I, you know, I can't afford it. I won't be able to earn the same salary straight away. And so they use that as an excuse to not move. When I left my last corporate job, there were a lot of people that spoke with me and said, oh, wow, good on you. I wish I could quit my job, but, you know, I, I can't afford it. And so it was actually one of those things that, uh, as a bit of a tangent, you know, I love my tangents. Uh, when I left my last corporate job, because of that money question that just kept coming up from everyone that I spoke with, that I letting them know that I was leaving, um, it made me really curious about the impact that money has, particularly around career change. And for me, that situation I was in was I was really unwell. I had burnout. I, you know, was really not in a good space. And Yes, we tried a couple of adjustments before I decided to quit, but it got to the point where I could just, I couldn't see myself continuing on and, and being happy with that and it was impacting my health too much. And I was really fortunate to be in a financial situation where that choice of being able to quit without something to go to straight away, that choice was available to me because of choices and things that I had put in place previously. And it made me really curious about, well, uh, what happens to people that maybe also have adrenal fatigue and are burnt yeah. out and really unwell, but financially they can't make a change? And that led me on a bit of a road to um, get accredited as a um, money breakthrough coach and to really be looking at people's relationship and results with money. So that's a whole other uh, rabbit hole. <laughs> but it was that thing that I just kept hearing over and over of people going, I can't do it because of the money, I can't do it. Now, whether that's an excuse that just, you know, keeps them being able to, you know, play safe and small in their, you know, current game or whether it's genuine, um, I guess, depends on the person. But it does really seem to make an impact on when people are early in their thinking process about making a change where that question of what about money and, and the concern that comes up with that is um, seems to be a big point as to whether or not they consider going ahead with a change or not yeah you mentioned something before like uh you put things in place mm. what are those things that you put in place <laughs> what are those magic things well I think um I think that for me I have always been someone who um is is aware of money and respectful of money I've generally done well I've earned good money throughout my mm 
career uh, yeah. and, and through that have been, you know, I guess reasonably good in terms of um, savings and setting up different investments and things like that so that I always had a buffer uh, to mm. be able to support me and there was something in that that just made me feel confident that no matter what was happening, um, I, you know, wouldn't be living on the street or out of my car. Um, yeah. but, in, but in saying that, some of those things that were in place uh, included, I think we had four mortgages. And so that's like, you know, you go, oh, yeah, sure, you got four mortgages and you just yeah. quit your job, no worries. So, again, not necessarily the, the wisest decision for um, everybody to, to take, but I guess uh, having a certain level of financial literacy and a certain level of a foundation in place allowed that to be a choice that I could make. Yeah, I think it's like you're spot on. It's about creating a certain buffer. And regardless, actually, and I want to highlight this because it's so important. And I see that with so many clients that want to work with me but can't uh, happen all the time. It's because they don't have a buffer. And then something Mm. happens. They're being pushed out. They're being made redundant. they, They become sick and they need to leave their job. And then suddenly they have to change jobs, but they... Uh, become desperate because they haven't gotten that buffer to take the time to reflect and really make a strategic choice about, okay, what next move do I want to make? And because of that fear, people become desperate and they just randomly take anything that they could. They sacrifice the salary that they then had to something lower, to 20, 30K lower, and it takes ages for them to get back up there. They think like, oh, yeah get it back as soon as possible yeah. and just work my way through and it doesn't happen so yeah the um what you mentioned the the value of creating that buffer is so critical and I'm yeah. guilty of that so much because you think like okay I'm going to invest in this I'm going to do that and then you have your 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 lifestyle money but creating that buffer for whatever happens is 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 critical yeah, and look, I think this this probably you know is reaching way further than purely a conversation about career change in mm. looking at you know how people relate to and manage their money. And I am not an accountant, not pretending that at all, not a financial advisor, do not have a timeshare property to sell you. But what <laughs> I am a huge advocate of is people actually looking at and knowing their numbers. And you know, when we bring it back to looking at the uh, the kind of career change you know how long it takes to uh, create a career change is a common question that I get asked and that really varies and I'm sure that you experience this too with your clients it depends on so many things on um, the kind of um, transition or change that they're wanting to make are they wanting a promotion within the same organization same industry or similar role in a different uh, industry and that kind of a change may take less time, but it's still, particularly at senior levels, takes time. So you want to be mm. thinking about what's the plan for that. If you're thinking of changing and going to a dramatically different role and industry, then you need to also be considering the potential of a salary drop at going in at perhaps uh, a slightly um, lower level than you've you've been on and what the appropriate salary change is going to be with that. And to to know your numbers about what actually can you afford? And sometimes it's about looking at lifestyle. And I am a big believer that we can all probably cut back on lifestyle costs if we need to. Yeah. But the, the question is whether you make it a priority to do that or not. 
So yeah. some people recommend um, you know, uh, cutting back your lifestyle to live at a salary level that's reflective of what you're likely to move to. So get doing some research and if you think it's, they're going to be dropping 10 grand or, or whatever it might be, going, okay, well, if I had to live at that level, could I do that now? starting to sort of see what the impact would be, mm. but also then starting to look at I need to build up a buffer fund, an emergency account, a career change account, if that's what you want to call it, and you put money into it specifically to be your salary while you make the change because that yes. change, if it's significant, going into starting your own business, for example, depending on what it is and what you do, that might take six to 12 months before it gets to a point where it's profitable enough to pay you a salary. So you need to have money to survive on across yeah. that time. So it's part of the strategic thinking about the change of, of looking at your current lifestyle expenses. What does it cost to be you? And, yeah. and what are you prepared to compromise on in exchange for this new direction, this new opportunity? this new transition. And I want to pick up on something that I see that is a problem with a lot of my clients and they will hear what you say and just like twist it around in um, <laughs> in, the, in the way they want to hear it. Um, and, and that is on the fact that if you make a career change mm -hmm. and you might need to take a drop. You might? Uh, you might. That, that's right. You might. A lot of people default to that might. They say like, yes, but I'm changing industries. I'm changing a little bit careers. And mm -hmm. a good way that I think you can assess that is, first of all, um, look at salary service, what actually that role would uh, would pay. Because mm -hmm. if, if you say like, look, I'm an executive and I go, want to be a yoga teacher, probably you're going to have to settle for an, a different salary. But if you say, like, I'm an executive and want to uh, start my uh, commercial yoga studios and actually diversify, then you have to think about, okay, like, that would require certain new skills that you need to learn. Mm -hmm. But people are so quickly to drop their salary because they think, like, oh, my God, it's my passion and I will drop my salary because it's something new. It feels real. so great. I won't need to earn so much. Yeah, and not realizing that actually they can maintain their salary, but because what they uh, what they will do if they step into a new role, it takes them maybe like three months to actually get up to speed with what needs to happen. Maybe six mm -hmm. months, worst case scenario, but it will take you years to get back on the salary level that 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 role might pay. So mm -hmm. people are too, way too quick to drop their salary in terms if they if you see that what you know is very transferable and yeah. you actually can see that uh, that what you need to learn you can learn in a matter of weeks or, or, or like only a few months then like there is no need to make a drastic drop in your salary. Then it's all about positioning. So just yeah. wanted to make that difference because it's so important that people realize that <laughs> yeah totally and and I think too that potentially that's another example of people latching onto excuses to not make a move and to just be really curious and notice if some of this stuff is coming up for you when you consider a change and to kind of dig a little bit deeper into that and and you know look at it as uh, are you just copping out or is there legitimately that you know you want a job at a bank teller and the rates are set for that and, you know, there's only so much that you can do. Like that role is just what that's what that role gets paid for. Yeah. Um, 
But again, it comes down to, and to your point about really understanding your transferable skills and being able to effectively communicate them to whoever the audience is going to be, the new market, whether it's a new employer or clients, to be feeling confident about the value that you are bringing so that the salary negotiation or the income negotiation becomes not the be-all and end-all, it's one part of the whole process. And I think that's one of it is about, and again, coming back to the point about money, is that when people go hard and fast on being willing to drop salary too fast, often, as you raised earlier, is because they feel like they don't have a choice, they've left it too long, they're really unhappy or there's a redundancy or whatever else happening and they don't have any buffer. Whereas when you have buffer, it alleviates some of the pressure. Now, trust me, there's lots of pressure and inner voices and a whole lot of stuff that you're going to be Am I good enough? Like, why isn't this happening for me? All of that, all of that ballyhooey train. So that's already going to be there. And having financial stress is one of the fastest handbrakes to any kind of creativity or creating change. And so if you can alleviate just that piece, And to be able to say, well, I know that I've got more than enough for at least three to six months to not change anything in my lifestyle to be able to live at that level. And I know someone who um, every 10 years she basically resigns from her, generally she's been at least a general manager or CEO role, she resigns to go travelling for a year. Amazing, right? Then she comes back and she decides, right, what am I going to do next? She has a mortgage and she has, you know, a lifestyle and things to pay, but she has a whole methodology about how she approaches building up the buffers that she needs and knowing what she can uh, draw on while she's traveling without having to worry and knowing that she's still then when she's back from traveling and she starts looking again, that just because she's back and ready to look for a new job doesn't mean that the new CEO job is going to land in her lap. So she's got to, again, know what those levels and buffers are of how she, if she chooses to adjust her lifestyle expenses, but there's money there that it gives yeah. her that sense of freedom. She's still got to battle all of the inner voice, like, am I ever going to get a job again? All that stuff. <laughs> But at least the finances are not one of them. Yes. And I think like that just that takes off the pressure that that we put on ourselves. Uh, Just like know that, okay, uh, there is a plan in place and uh, and a backup in place. So I think like having a buffer is is one aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And depending, that buffer depends on your lifestyle and how long you want to, um, how I think also like it's how rare the job is. For example, mm-hmm. I'm working currently with a CTO and so CTO jobs don't really pop up every day. So it's very different than a marketing manager's role. Mm-hmm. So you might say like, look, um, so if you want to transition to uh, uh, this, uh, uh, making a job change or if you want to make a career change, I think your buffer needs to be dependent on the market. If you say like, look, I want to make a career change, I'm going to have my buffer ready and I'm going to already slowly like double my toes into that new space to actually see what it what what it's like and have those careers like um simultaneous almost like a side yes. hustle that's yep. how I started I had my corporate job and as a side hustle I started experimenting with this and it's like oh yeah this is going well and then I made that transition 
Um, and some people have like uh, can quit straight away. So you mm -hmm. have to really see what's possible for you and how you want to approach it, I suppose. Um, yeah. So, yes, yeah. the first thing is that buffer. The second thing is knowing the market and like uh, how do you estimate the time? How, what, do you yeah. have a rule of thumb? Um, I just think as a as a baseline, and and this probably just applies in life, not just if you're thinking about career change, of getting to an absolute minimum of an emergency fund, long term savings fund, whatever you want to call it, an absolute minimum of three to six months of living expenses. That if you earned not a dollar for from today on for at least three to six months, that you could without changing anything maintain your lifestyle. That is a yeah. benchmark that I think that everybody should just get to. And yeah. you know what? For some people that sounds frightening and a long way away. The starting point is start with an emergency fund that with $2,000 in it. And if you yeah. do not already have that, and again, I talk with lots of people that, that don't have that yet because they're just used to living the way they live and there's money there and they just don't think about it until something happens. I had a, a situation, I was probably a year or so ago where I went to the dentist, not my favourite thing to do. Anyway, I went to the dentist and um, I had to get a <laughs> filling. Whose favourite thing to do is that? Come on, <laughs> seriously. Um, I went and I was just, I thought I was just getting a filling replaced and uh, went in and as it turned out, without going into all of the details, I had to have three teeth worked on. One was a crown, one was something else and all of this. It was like, so I'm literally rock up expecting a quick little thing. I ended up spending five hours in the dentist that day and it was three and a half grand. So that's where you kind of go, that is ouchy on many levels. But the reality is, fortunately, I have an emergency fund and that is what that fund is for. It didn't yeah. make it feel any better, but I tell you, it would have been way worse if I had nothing. And then what do I do? I go into debt for that and then I'm paying off three and a half grand for however long on my credit card. Yeah. So this is the thing where you've got to start with an emergency fund of whatever level it is for you as a starting point and then have benchmarks and goals that you aim for. So I think three to six months is a minimum. If you are thinking of starting your own thing, then I would extend and make it more like six to 12 months at least. Yeah. Yeah. And I would actually even agree with that. If you're looking for a C-suite or a director's or executive level role, uh, you need to have a buffer of six to 12 months. Yep. Like, uh, and it, it really depends also how picky you are. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because I had a discussion uh, last with um, one of my clients, oh, and everything was doom and gloom and doom and gloom. <laughs> and I said like, Worst case scenario, what is it what you could do to earn money? And it's like nothing. I said, you can be an Uber driver. You have a driver's license. You have a car. You can be uh -huh. an Uber driver. I said, uh -huh. would that actually help you? And and suddenly it was like, oh, wow, yes, there are other possib <laughs> possibilities. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, yes, worst case, you don't want to do that. No, but like there are avenues and resources that are available that you can tap into. And uh, another situation was a, a, a client was really uh, actively looking in between jobs. Um, and so they wanted permanent, permanent, permanent job. And so mm -hmm. their funds were, and they were very specific because I, what I teach is like a job should be fulfilling, challenging, and so on. But then I introduced the concept of a stopgap job. 
wow, yes. what is a stopgap job? And it's like a stopgap stop gap job is just to help you tick over. But in the meantime, here's where a lot of people go wrong. They forget to do the whole other work. They focus on that stopgap job and they give it their all and they just think like, I'm going to work hard, prove myself, and they will love me. But they forget their bigger <laughs> career goals. <laughs> and so a stopgap job, it could be just like, uh, I call it also a, a, a quick and dirty job. <laughs> something that you can do, something that is just uh, like, yeah, okay. Yep. And then you focus in the meantime, you actually make sure you have uh, your career strategy that you follow your career plan. But yeah. And look, I, I think to bring the very Australian version of that is that I think of that as the sacrificial sausage which you sometimes do on the barbecue to you know, make sure the heat's right and all of that. And so it's not going to be your best work, uh, but you can do it. You want to still maintain a certain standard, but not get caught up, as you said, in trying to be, you know, climbing the ladder in that role, unless it opens up a whole different direction for you. But having it serve its purpose of bringing in income, but maybe freeing up a little bit of headspace and time for you yes. to either do the additional training or start doing your side gig or doing some work experience or uh, volunteering or whatever, all of those things that take time. You want to have coffee catch-ups with people. The further they are up the tree, the harder it is to even get time with them. So they're all the things that take way more time than you want them to. So having the buffer and the income still coming in is definitely, I'm a big fan of that, even though I didn't do it myself. Um, I really actually recommend that people either do the side gig approach if they are wanting to, uh, you know, consider a different industry. Don't quit your job and cut off your income while you're still learning about whether that industry or that role is what you really want. Uh, yeah. And, and a, I listened to a great podcast and the guy that was, I can't remember who it was, sorry, uh, he talked about. That's what's really helpful, Sandra. <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, but anyway, he said this great thing, which I do remember, which is that if you want to create a job or a business that isn't full-time hours, that you want this to be a lifestyle shift for you, then you should be able to create it on top of your current full-time role because it should be able to happen in your discretionary hours because otherwise you're just going to create another full-time role. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that, you know, there's people who go, oh, I'm tired and, and I don't have that much time. But the reality is it's like, well, we do actually have quite a lot of hours in our time, in our days, but it's about what do we do with it and if you make it important enough and go, okay, well, I'm going to dedicate one night a week where I'm going to spend two hours either doing some kind of training course or studying or um, going to different events or whatever, that I'm actually looking at this career change as a project and I'm yeah. creating action steps and milestones and I'm taking action because otherwise it's just all fluff and noise. Like so many people expect things to be handed on a silver platter, but things happen, good things happen, but you have to take the action in the right direction. Otherwise, it's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. And if you're looking for opportunities and definitely uh, opportunities that are not advertised and like mm -hmm. tap into the hidden job market or yes. uh, having opportunities through connections, you need to invest time in making those connections. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it ain't going to happen. It's yeah. like it's not going to happen sitting on your bench and watching Netflix. Like, yes. <laughs> and just manifesting. <laughs> and just yeah. like manifesting. Exactly. 
So yeah. you need to take that right action in the right direction and the opportunities will be created. And you're so spot on into, you, be, you need to be in the right headspace also. It's all about prioritizing, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. we we rather prioritize uh, watching Netflix on an, or watching The bad Bachelorette <laughs> and yes. not thinking about yes. anything. Yeah. And look, this But, is where one of the things that I think is a different way of looking at it is that this time that you spend Uh, focusing on it and the potential choices that you make about potentially being an Uber driver. And okay, you know, for some people, they're like, oh, I'd never want to do that. And it's like, okay, but that's one option. I know someone, a client that I worked with who she's made a lifestyle choice in her um, business. Oh, that's my phone ringing. <laughs> Is that her? Oh, dear. So sorry. That's what happens when you do things live. Um, She has made a choice with a freelance style of working and she travels around Australia picking up work as she goes in the media and that works perfectly for her because it's the kind of lifestyle that she wants to have. Yeah. But she also knows there's a great deal of risk that, you know, she may not get work for a certain amount of time and she is prepared to get a job at a supermarket stacking shelves, doing night fill. She is prepared to go and uh, get some, a, a retail job or whatever if that's what she yeah. has to do because that's just part part of the exchange. But yeah. you've got to work out, I guess, if you're someone thinking about that, what are you, what are you prepared to, to do to get yeah. revenue coming in uh, and what are you prepared to um, reduce or minimise? How can you can set up your buffer fund? The reality is no matter what the kind of changes that you're thinking of making, there's likely to be some kind of disruption to yes. your usual financial situation. So you need to create a money plan around yeah. the, the potential of this career change move. And I like to look at that as an, an investment that, you know, either you can go back to uni or you can do an MBA or you can do whatever the next level of um, training that you might need to get into something if it's quite specialised and you can invest however much that is or yeah. you can start to, you know, slowly siphon off some money each week to create yeah. the buffer fund that just gives you that, that um, cushion, if you like, to help soften the, the move. Yes. It's all about like what sacrifices you want to make, isn't it? Because I remember like when I started my, my, my business on the side first, like um, I had my, my first, my, my son, Oli, And then uh, afterwards I had Emily and then so after I had my full-time job. So after hours I had to work, uh, still pay, like really have attention for my clients at the time. Uh, and also I worked on the weekends and it didn't really feel like work. Yes, it was, I was busy, but a healthy busy. It's like, yeah. it's like okay, I, I know there is a bigger picture and a bigger play and it takes time and Sometimes you feel like, oh, my God, there is never going to come an end to a mean and it's like it's <laughs> never going to work. And But you just stay persistent. And I think, like, that's another thing. People give up too quickly. Mm. Um, the best analogy that I had, and um, that's the last analogy that I, I will give. It's mm -hmm. not an analogy, a story, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually uh, a couple of weeks ago or even months ago now, uh, we went to Jarvis Bay and we did a hike. Uh, and we were with four people. And so um, one of the, uh, like, there were massive puddles uh, along the way. And we had to go in the bush around those puddles and, and so on. So the end 
of uh, the, the road was going to be like a beautiful deserted beach where we could all go and, and sit and drink a cider and just awesome. But along the way, it just got more difficult and difficult and trees had fallen. We had to climb over puddles, like really huge puddles. So we got to go into the, the, the bush. And at a certain point, somebody saw a snake. And so one of the, the, the four people said, like, sorry, I'm just turning around. We were trying to look on Google Maps, but it wasn't remote, so we didn't have Wi-Fi. So there's all this panic, like, ah, <laughs> all mm -hmm. for nothing. And yeah. so at that time, moment in time, I made the decision, like, I came so far. I already made so many sacrifices, went to so many puddles, and I'm not going to give up. But mm. they did. So two people gave up, went back to the car. And right. so me and another person, we went through. It took uh, five minutes, and just around the corner, we had that most beautiful beach. We were swimming in crystal clear water, nobody around, beautiful landscape, drank a cider. And it's like sometimes people give up too quick. Yeah. And there was no way that they could have known that it was just around the corner. But I, I, I just well, thought it was a good story. <laughs> yes, no, I totally agree. And I think it's it comes down to, you know, the um, a combination of factors, including resilience and what you do when things are uncomfortable or not going to plan. And also about the clarity of your vision, what the end game is, like, is it important enough to you to persevere to see if you can get to that beautiful beach? Or yeah. you're like, nah, I'm out, I'm going back to the car. And I'm just going yeah. to up, put up with this. And, and, and that's it. I'll go back through the muddy puddles. And, you know, and exactly. there's no right or wrong. But it's about what the kind of life is that you want to create for yourself. Yeah. And what part work plays in that I think is really important so yeah so I guess the takeouts from today is that there's going to be some kind of disruption to your finances when you're thinking about a career change don't wait until you feel like you're going to do it to then go oh I better start saving some money yeah. start now even if you haven't really thought about it too much but you think one day maybe you might like to make a change start now by putting some money there worst case scenario is you have heaps of money and you go on a round the world holiday or something with it but it's going to help you, right? So make sure you've got a buffer and look at it as an investment in your overall happiness and well-being because, uh, as you said, when you make a change to doing work that actually is more aligned to who you are and what you want to be and do and have in your life, even though it's taking time, it doesn't feel as draining or exhausting as doing work and being busy doing stuff that you actually don't care about. No, exactly. I love it. Thanks for listening to the Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favor and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.